This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Welcome in to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. I am Ben George. He's Ted Alatsis, attorney and counselor at law at the Alatsis Law Firm. Got another great estate planning show today as we talk about your questions. What's on your mind? We open up the mailbag, get a few of those today. Ted, how are you? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you? Summer's here and you know we're, we're getting there. I know. Do you? I know you and your wife like to travel a lot. Uh, any big plans this summer? Yeah, we've got a, a trip planned to our, the homeland, Greece. So right. we're, we're looking forward to that for a little bit. Very good. I was going to ask you, you know, as we kind of get into this, I got the legalese of the day. We'll throw your way here in a second. But if you had to live one place that you visited or traveled to before the rest of your life, would it be Greece or would you pick somewhere else? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. I, I think it depends on the time of year that I go. Um, I mean, I've loved I, I love Hawaii. It's it's fabulous. You know, we've we've gone there a few times, and I could certainly see myself retiring there. Um, uh-huh. you know, that's, that's one, that's one choice. I, I love, you know, the Bahamas. Okay. It, it's, it's very, and, and Greece is fabulous too. So it's, it's a very tough, very tough thing. I, I always, you know, I believe I could probably live anywhere as long as it's not cold all the right. time. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I think it depends on, on my mood. Fair enough. All right. Well, we got a good show for you today. Again, if you have questions for us, alatsislawfirm.com is the best place to start. But you can always call 718-233-2903. All right, we always like to do this from time to time, the legalese of the day, something you might have heard or a term that you aren't too familiar with that we want to try to explain here or something that might pop up that we want to give you a heads up on. So our legalese, legalese of the day today, Ted, is conservatorship or guardianship. What is this? Okay, so conservatorship or, or guardianship is a, it's a legal process that involves the essentially the appointment of a third party to manage the affairs of the person who is alleged to be either incapable or incompetent or you know, underage. So uh, envision the scenario where you know person doesn't have you know any kind of estate planning, any trust planning, any power of attorney or anything like that, and now you know they've um, they've you know suffered a traumatic uh, brain injury or something. You know that requires uh, or, or that impairs them to the extent that they can't manage their own affairs. Um, in, in a scenario like that, having not appointed anyone, there's no one who le- has legal authority to manage that person's affairs. So, uh, someone applies to the court, usually a family member, to be appointed guardian um, or conservator. Uh, New York, we use guardianship now. They, they've gotten rid of the conservatorship language, but it's essentially the same thing. And um, it requires a couple of doctors to sign off and say that the uh, the person who is alleged to be uh, incapacitated is incapable of managing their affairs. There's typically a hearing that takes place, and um, after you know sufficient proof, a person or persons are appointed guardian over the both the person and the the property. Um, so that delegates that person with legal authority to act. On financial matters as well as personal matters, um, depending on which of the two, or if, if, or both, if um, they're appointed in that in that way. So it's a legal process that essentially, you know, appoints a power of attorney for someone. That's probably the most uh, simple way to describe it. Yeah, easiest way to break it down. I think this has been most talked about recently with Britney Spears, right? Because she was, I guess, her father had her in a conservatorship, right, as well, and mm-hmm. she was trying to get out of that. 
Right, right. So, uh, so another you know form of incapacity under the law would be not being of it, of the right age, right? So she was, I, I, you know, they were appointed her guardian, you know, when she was minor, when she was young, mm-hmm. and so they managed her legal affairs and her contracts and things of that nature. But it, you know, after you know multiple years, that uh, guardianship continued uh, because she had other other issues, right? So. Uh, ultimately speaking, you know, she she went into court and challenged the guardianship and said, you know, basically, I I don't need a guardian anymore, and you know, demonstrated to the court, and eventually, you know, she she won her, you know, lack of for lack of a better word, her freedom, you know, so so that so that's a, a scenario where you know guardianship you know exists uh, as a as a as a as a matter coming from someone who's underage and and has lots of assets to manage. All right, very good. Thank you for that explanation. All right, it's time to move into our mailbag, as we always do. We like to answer your questions that come in, some scenarios that have played out uh, within the office there at Alaska's Law Firm or you know, other types of scenarios that pop up. We want to try to answer them here, maybe help you provide a little inspiration or hopefully just maybe clear up a little confusion you might have with your own situation. So let's start off today with Emma, who says, My husband and I are young. If either of us died early, it is very likely the other would get remarried. I don't want to restrict our ability to use our money, but also want to make sure that our children end up with everything and not our future second spouse. So how do you strike that balance? Do we have any options? Emma, that is a great question. And, uh, you know, during our, our workshops uh, that are held uh, semi-monthly, you know, we, we talk about scenarios just like this. Um, you know, th- this is um, a perfect scenario for what what we describe as uh, trust planning. Okay. And, you know, in your you know, trust plan, you can certainly provide for, you know, certain restrictions to inhibit the ability for, you know, second spouses to have access to the funds that you are leaving for your children, while at the same time allowing for your current spouse who, you know, survives you to have access to income principal uh, subject to certain uh, minor restrictions. Um, you know, we go through the scenario where, you um, we 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 describe the scenario where you know mom and dad have have uh, planned their estates and they each have separate trusts and dad has passed and um, you know mom is the beneficiary of of the trust and uh, you know mom you know she can't manage the pool at the house so she hires Biff the pool boy who's renowned in the community because he wears his uh, speedo everywhere and uh, has six pack uh, abs and. After a while, he invites mom to go to the Bahamas with her and asks her to, you know, bring ten thousand dollars so they can go. And mom asks uh, her daughter, who's the trustee of dad's trust, for the money. And um, you know, she describes that uh, she can't get any of the money because dad's trust said that as long as mom is using the money for anything else, she can. But if she was going to use it for cohabiting with another man, even for twenty four hours, she wasn't going to get any of the money. And hmm. mom is okay with that. Uh, even though she was initially annoyed um, because her trust said the same thing about dad, right? So her rule book uh, restricted access to it, to the money for purposes relating to, you know, second spouses, third, you know, third parties who they hadn't envisioned, but protected everything for the kids and still had an ability to have access for her so that you can, you can do that in your estate planning documents and be very specific or you know, very general, but you could certainly put enough restrictions, enough protections, so that um, you know the money wouldn't be lost to you know someone who you know you, you didn't you didn't necessarily want the money to to get lost to. Yes, yeah, it's a scenario I don't really thought about, but it makes a ton of sense why that would be something that comes up quite a bit that you deal with. But 
again, not, not on my radar at all, but very interesting how that gets worked out. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for that, Emma. We appreciate it. If you have questions you want to follow up with Ted on, you can always do so at 718-233-2903. All right. Edward has our next question. Our son has special needs and will require full-time care for his life. We're already setting up a special needs trust to leave money for him, but who takes care of him? Where does he live? Is there anything else we can do to make sure he's provided for after we're gone? That's a great question, Edward, and and a, uh, certainly a real real problem these days. Um, you know, as as uh, uh, more and more children are, are diagnosed with uh, various forms of the autism spectrum or other disabilities um, that are becoming much more commonplace for one reason or another, you know, this type of of consideration is important. So the, the first major step you, you've taken there is is great in terms of setting up a special needs trust, but. You know, at the end of the day, it's important, you know, to to set up a scenario where your son is is taken care of by someone who you trust, right? So, if uh, your son is under the age of eighteen, certainly you'd want to, you know, make sure you designate an appropriate guardian to take or take care of him. Um, you know, most of the times uh, people defer to a family member, but if it's not a family member or you don't have a family member who you necessarily would think is appropriate, maybe some form of um, you know, friends and or uh, committee of of friends who could who could certainly take care of 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 your son. So it's it's very it's a very important concern. Um, certainly, you know, whoever you would select has to be capable of handling the um, the various needs that um, your son may have. Right. So so that's important. Um, another consideration is: Do you have a home? And is your home part of the estate or part of the assets that you have? And you know, is your intention that your son be able to continue to reside in the home? And how would the home be provided for? How would the home uh, be maintained? You know, what sources of income would be used to to maintain those those things? So lots of considerations are needed to to be addressed. And uh, certainly, you know, some sort of extensive trust planning, you know, would, would be would go a long way to to provide for a lot of that. I had a word, a great question, and we appreciate you reaching out and uh, and wish you the best. Again, if you want to follow up with Ted, you can do so at alatsislawfirm.com. All right, we got one more question for you, Ted. This one comes in from Turner. A beneficiary of mine is older than I am, so if I died before them, I want to leave money for them to use. However, I would like to hold on to whatever they don't end up needing. Is there any way to do that once the check is written to them? Is it too late? So... Turner, yeah, that, that's a great question. Obviously, you know, anytime you have a disposition and a check is written to someone, it, it will be too late to do anything about it. Now, that doesn't mean you have to, you know, do it in the scenario you just described, right? So, you know, the the thing that we certainly recommend, and this is why, you know, trusts are a great uh, asset or a great tool in in estate planning, is that, you know, that you can provide for that person to have access to funds subject to the terms of whatever trust you you provide. And then whatever's left and whatever, you know, whatever other assets you have can be disposed of, you know, upon that person's demise and, um, and not have the uh, scenario where you've lost complete control by giving it to them outright. Um, and there are other consequences, too, to giving people things outright. I mean, certainly, you know, once you've uh, made a disposition, you've given something to someone, you know, they can save, spend, give it away, do whatever else they want with it. So if they're, you know, they, they've got bad credit or they've got, uh, you know, lawsuits against them or they owe the IRS or anything like that, you know, they, they it, it can be lost to them too. So, you know, lots of different things you can do with a trust that would not only, you know, protect the asset, but give the, the access to the asset as they, as they needed or as you specified. And then, 
you know, whatever is left can go to other to other people, you know, how you see fit. So, you know, certainly trust planning is is by far the the, the best scenario for you in in a situation like this. It seems like just kind of hearing you talk, Ted, through not only this episode, but past episodes, that trust planning just is uh, the answer for a lot of people, right? It just gives them more control um, over what they want to try to do. Yeah, I, I think you know it, it's not just the control. I mean, control is certainly a big a, a big part of it. Um, but you also avoid probate. You also avoid challenges in court. You, you're you're able to you know make your estate much more efficient for your beneficiaries as well. So there's a lot of benefits to a trust. I mean, certainly you know I, I you know we do wills too, and you know we have people there that you know will is probably you know sufficient for. But I would say the vast majority of the people who come to see us. Um, are you know much better off in planning their estate through some form of trust, uh, whether it's revocable, irrevocable, you know, um, you know, completed gift, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is. But you know, most most people uh, are better off with some sort of trust plan. All right, very good. Thanks for that question, Turner and Edward and Emma. We appreciate your feedback and your interest today. On the podcast, if you have questions for us, you can send them in at latsislawfirm.com or call 718-233-2903. And Ted, for anyone that hasn't started the estate plan and is thinking about doing so and, and logs onto the website and goes ahead and schedules a time, a consultation with it, which you can do right there on the front, you'll see the big blue button on the front of the website. What's their first step? What do they need to have ready when they come to meet with you for the first time? Well, so when a client reaches out to us and um, you know they want to, they want to schedule a consultation, the first important thing they need to do is fill out our personal information form, which uh, yeah they can get on our website or you know once they've scheduled a consultation, we would provide them or they would fill it out when they come in. And it's really you know a summary of you know who your beneficiaries are, who your family is, you know what your assets are, you know how are they titled, you know what it is you know objectively in your mind you're thinking about uh, doing with your estate. Um, and then, you know, have, have, you know, an open mind to discuss, you know, the different scenarios that, uh, are available to you so that you can make the right decisions for yourself. That's the key, right? So, you know, be, be organized, be intentional with what, you know, your, your, uh, purpose is in, in planning your estate, be open-minded to, to listening to different ideas. Well, if you're ready to create an estate plan that gives you peace of mind, you can also, get on right now. Request that free consultation with Ted and his team at Alasis Law Firm and start that today. Ted, I appreciate it as always. Thanks for answering our questions and I wish you a a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Same to you, Ben, and talk to you soon. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.